0: Welcome to the show, I'm Dylan Tonkin. Today I'm talking with my friend, John Brennan. John is a highly self-motivated long distance hiker and a trail runner. He has thousands of trail miles under his belt and I sat down with him after completing his thru-hike of Vermont's long trail. Enjoy the show. I'm sitting here with the Mark Twain con- Lookalike Contest winner of 2018. Uh, I met John Brennan. Yep. Brennan, I, I just know you as Stash. Yeah. Or Johnny Stash. So uh, I met Stash on the PCT this year, and we crossed paths first, I think, in uh, Lake... Nope, it was... Casa de Luna. Casa de Luna first time. That's right, man. Um, so, this is Johnny Stash, John Brennan. John, what do you prefer to be called in town life?
1: Town life, I can just go by John. I, right. Normally, growing up, I went by Johnny by friends and family. It was kind of just like a nickname, and I've kind of progressed into John. You so. didn't come
0: out of the womb with that impressive <laughs> stash?
1: I didn't. I had a full head of hair, though, for sure. You did? I, I did. That.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's kind of funny. When I was born, um, my dad came in, and they were over at the. uh, Infant uh, area where they're looking at babies, and my dad came in. My brothers both had like long hair, and I think my brother Josh, who's my oldest brother, had like a mullet, and then my brother Adam just had wild hair. And then my dad had long hair, and he's got a full beard as always. And there was a guy next to him, and he's like, "Oh, I know what kid's yours. That one with <laughs> the full head of hair." <laughs>
0: that dude over there with the mop on his head. <laughs> so yeah, we crossed paths early. uh Definitely wanted to hike together. Didn't end up getting to hike together until. The last state we hiked coming out of, well, Oregon and Washington, Um, we hiked several hundred miles, 600 together something? Yeah, I think it was just over like 600, almost 700. Nice. So uh, obviously he was a class of 2018 successful thru-hiker. Congratulations. Thank you. It was a pleasure hiking with you. It was so good. Uh, But he's got a pretty lengthy resume besides the PCT. Uh, you You just got off the long trail five days ago? um four days ago four days ago so he came down on his he's on his way back down to florida and stopped to see me and hang out and catch up and eat a big old tray of lasagna which we destroyed Destroyed (laughs) all of it destroyed it um so he just got off the long trail you've also done the colorado trail
1: i've done the colorado trail what year was that 2016
0: 2016 okay that was when i was on the at so you were crushing out west and i should have been out west yeah at nah. west, west hiking it's pretty nice
1: at west hiking is different yeah. it is beautiful yeah um and you also did did you do the jmt i did the john muir trail in 2015 okay so that
0: was 15 but then before the john muir you did the at
1: yeah i did the at southbound starting august 27th 2014
0: finishing january 18th 2015 you got a lot of miles dude a little bit <laughs> working got, on it yeah you've got a lot i was thinking about it and I was like, man, every time we talk, it's like, he hiked that trail, too? You've been everywhere. What's, there was a, another one that was like a, a run that you did, a trail run?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm 31, and then when I turned 30, I made a decision, like, for my dirty 30s to run 30 miles for my 30th birthday, and then for my 31st, I'm going to run 31 miles. Uh, when I turned 30, I went with my brother, Adam, and we ran from Amicola Falls State Park to Neal's Gap. So I ran the first, like, which was over 30 miles, right. but I think it's like 32 or 34, including the approach trail.
0: Oh, you did the approach? Yeah. The stairs? Yes. How was how it? I didn't do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty brutal, to be honest with you. I mean, coming out the gate, I could see as a thru-hiker, if you have your full gear and you're a very beginner hiker mm-hmm. coming out, that could be a huge challenge coming up those stairs right out the gate.
0: Yeah, I've heard different philosophies on it. Some people say go for it. Some people say don't. I didn't. I opted not to, and... Maybe someday. Yeah.
1: It is beautiful. It is yeah. a beautiful trail up, and it's nice that you get to see the falls as well.
0: Yeah, I think that the year that I did it, there was a woman that took like three days to get up it, which is unbelievable. Like, I don't even think there's camping, but it was like a person who probably made it to the top of the mountain and then opted to go home. <laughs> um, I I don't know how that happens, but um, so I, I opted out. Um, trail running, hiking, you're like the ultimate model of fitness health guy and i don't know how
1: <laughs> i just like to move to be honest with you i mean I've, I've got a lot of high energy and then like i just enjoy movement and um it's kind of just been my go-to as far as like my therapy and uh anytime i'm in a funk or anytime i have bad thoughts i always just go out and go on a run sometimes it's with music most of the time it's without so i can just kind of analyze things and just be out in nature you know we are animals
0: we are filthy animals <laughs> um uh, I'm sitting here thinking about talking about how we're animals, and um, whenever we got done with the PCT, you had a pretty interesting trip to Seattle from the Terminus, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, whenever we got off the PCT, we made our way to some train station through one of our friend Cap. His dad gave us a ride. And you guys were approached whenever we were in the train station by some, some guys who wanted to know what you were doing or something like that, right? Yeah,
1: I believe you went over to the restroom or something. Bob and, um, yeah, it was uh, Breezy and um, Dingo and I were just sitting there and there's these three guys that came up that look like, you know, Abercrombie North Face style models just wearing everything brand new and nice, nice little tote bags. And uh, they were just like, What's your deal? There's a story behind the look that you guys have right now. Because, I mean, we were covered in mud. We hadn't showered in, you know. I think, Pickle, you were like right around two weeks. (laughs) I was two weeks. Two weeks. I was dirty. Yeah. I was like maybe only six or seven days. but So they approached us and was definitely wanted to know the story behind the smell and the look of what we had going on. So we explained to them what the Pacific Rest Trail was. And they knew about it a little bit because they were from the Pacific Northwest. So... They knew certain sections up there in Washington, you know, going through uh, Glacier Peak uh, Wilderness and going through um, the North Cascades. And that's where they did most of their hiking and stuff. But it definitely was a sight to see. And it was kind of funny being approached by, you know, our first kind of coming into the city, coming into the terminal there, just being right into society again and it was definitely uh, a moment to just be like wow okay we're back in the front country
0: yeah i mean it's, i mean how did it make you feel having these these total strangers just come walking up to you uh
1: initially i was just kind of just like baffled because they're just like looking at us like we were probably you know transients like full homeless people and i can understand that we look that way for sure we just have nicer gear um but to be honest, it was kind of nice. It was just kind of nice to talk to someone different and just kind of explain and you know expose about trails, about you know backcountry life, about having a way of life of just enjoyment of kind of being nomadic, turning back to our roots.
0: Yeah, it's so like how do you how are you adjusting getting back? I mean, you're you really went from the PCT to the Long Trail, but now you know you're you're looking at going and doing some work. I mean, how's how, what's your thought process right now? I know where I'm at with mine how does it feel like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm still going to travel now? What's like? What do you have going on the next couple months? Cause I know, but let them know.
1: The next couple months. So right now, um, honestly, I've only been on the road for a day and a half coming back from long trail. And, uh, prior to that, I had six days off in Seattle with my best friend and his, uh, beautiful family and they homeschooled. So that was kind of like a huge change for me coming That's right. right off trail into being like uncle Johnny and helping out with homework and, you know, routine and getting kind of into that. So that was a good transition. And then I came right back to Portland, Maine, and then jumped on long trail. And I really haven't had the post-trail depression set in yet until the last two days of long trail. I started thinking a lot more about, you know, front country things that I need to get used to as far as finding work. Now it's time to make money again so I can continue to live the lifestyle that I enjoy. And, um, on my road trip back, like within two hours of being on the road, I got a call from a friend of mine, Michelle, that works with under canvas events and i worked with them before in florida and they set up really nice canvas style like safari or teepee style tents mm-hmm. for different like promotional things or you know they also are located within i think like five national parks just outside of the national parks on property and they have like existing campgrounds where you can go rent units so that was like an initial like blurb into like okay i know i got some work so i went ahead and signed on and i fly out <laughs> Um, Monday at 7:40 to LA to start work. So I have like another 14 hours of driving to home and to see my family for a brief moment, which was way different than what I was expecting. I was expecting a kind of slower route going home, enjoying time with friends and kind of slowly transitioning into the front country, getting ready to be back into society.
0: Yeah. Whenever you Uh, You had a little bit of time between the AT and the John Muir, right? A couple months? I had five and a half months. How, like, did you have any, like, depression issues then? Like, it's very, it seems very common. I've suffered from it. Did you have anything then, or how did you deal with it?
1: So, that didn't hit me until about, like, about two weeks of being home, because, honestly, I went for broke when I did the AT. Like, I came home, and I had 57 cents to my name. So, I was very humbled, and I've never been to that point ever in my life. Up until I did the AT, I was very goal-oriented as far as pursuing monetary things, as far as, you know, that was my objective. Like, my five-year plan was like, oh, I want to have this amount of money in the bank. I want to have this house. I want to have this kind of lifestyle. And things kind of just changed for me mentally, and that's why I turned to the trail to kind of find myself, do a little soul-searching, which I think everyone goes out and does. But two weeks after I got home, like, I went went to work uh, within 48 hours of being home. Oh, you were so, on it. Yeah. Had like, to be. Yeah, I got home. I work for my family. We do in-home cleaning and restoration. And I was home for like maybe only like 12 hours and uh, water damage came in. And my dad's like, hey, you want to go do it? And I was like, I'm not ready yet. And then the next day another job came in like overnight um, uh, after hours job. And I was just like, sure, it's time to go to work. It's time to make some money so I can keep living this lifestyle that I enjoy out in the backcountry.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to like come home and not have money and just not know what to do and like not have that direction that you used to have, you know, for so many months you were walking South and you were going to this mountain and then you get to the mountain and it's like, wait, what do I do now? I got to go home, make money. I just want to (laughs) hike.
1: Yeah. It's kind of funny because your objective every day is to just wake up and migrate South or migrate North or East or West, depending on which trail you're on. But I definitely was, you know, I'm very determined person and I think you have to be a determined person to actually finish a hike of any nature, whether it's a weekend hike or a big through hike. So as soon as I got home, I knew I was just like, okay, I haven't had my car on the road. I don't have any money. Well, I had 57 cents to my name. So I was living with my folks, you know, sleeping on the couch, uh, which some through hikers do, you know, you bum around for a little bit or you have the ability and blessings from friends to give you, you know, pay it forward and just let you hang out with them until you get back on the ground. So initially I just said, Hey, I got to go back to work. And I got into that mindset and then about two weeks in after working you know standard days anywhere from 10-12 hour days just was like wow okay like I'm back in it now I'm here working and I was like okay keep the mind on right we're good we're fine and then I had a lot of thoughts where I was just thinking about trail like I just want to be back out there I just want to be back out and my time clock is sunrise to sunset and I'm going to see a lot of things in between.
0: Yeah it's so hard to Adjust back and stay motivated. I don't know how I don't know how other people do it. And I, it's something I definitely need to work on: is staying motivated once I get home. Because it's so easy to not be motivated. I don't. I don't know if I need smaller goals or bigger goals. Do you? Like what? What do you do? Uh, you. You got figure it figured out. I don't. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say I haven't figured out.
1: I've I've always been very athletic, so I've always turned to running. So I run every single day, regardless of whatever time. I make time for running because. It's what makes me happy every day, just like hiking. Hiking right now is my huge thing, so it's going to be really difficult to transition over these next like couple weeks when I start working again. Um, but I always turn to running, and I always just know that I'm going to be able to, when the end of the day is done as far as whatever work I'm doing or wherever I'm at, you can always go outside, you can always run, you always figure out what you need to do to help you uh, you know, get that mental fortitude back to a state where you're just like, okay, everything's calm, you're all right, but I think having goals, as far as like if you're wanting to be a distance hiker, or if you enjoy just being outside, whether you know whatever it be like hunting, fishing, uh, you have those little goals. Like oh, I'm just gonna do a weekend trip. You know, I'll do a weekend trip in two months from now. So you start setting things up smaller that way. And then I really don't think about monetary things that much. I know you need money to live life, for sure. I mean, like without it, we can't be existing here in this this society nowadays. Um, so I think every single day I n- realize you just have to go out and help each other. And the biggest thing is, is just being the most positive person that you can be because everyone is doing something every single day that they want to do, or they're striving to do something that they want to do. Not everyone is obviously in a position as far as their work, what they, what gives them money, uh, how they make money. Um, maybe they don't enjoy that, uh. But I think that what you need to do is when you have those days is kind of figure out what the misery is or whatever it is, the trigger that is giving you those weird feelings like, oh, you know what? I just don't want to go to work today. Like, I just like I just want to lay down or I want to go outside. I want to do this. I want to do that. And um, you got to fall in love with the misery of the things that bring you the monetary ability to do the things you truly enjoy
0: you like you it almost seems like you're a lifestyle design guy like you work to live not live to work but you are all about the weekends
1: yes <laughs> um i like if there's any chance where i can just be like living for the weekend or quote unquote a lot of my friends say like oh man you know what would be your ideal job a professional friend like i mean a just, professional <laughs> friend yeah dude that is awesome.
0: <laughs> That is such a good, like, what are you, a professional friend?
1: Yeah, I hang out with my buddies all the time, and um, I'm really good at it.
0: <laughs> what do you do when you're not working? I run. I run. So all, I, all I do is hang out with my friends and work. Like, if, you, if you figure that out, like, I feel like I'd be a pretty good, solid vice president. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit, like, a little bit lower in command. Um, so a professional friend. Oh, I've never heard of that one. But it seems reasonable, man. Like, everybody, you know... Seems like they're so wrapped up in their careers, and there's so many people that are interested in the big, fa- flat, big, fancy house, the big, flashy car. and I don't see you as being either one of those people. You don't need a big house, it doesn't seem you're just minimal.
1: Yeah, I'm very minimal now. Um, when I was coming out of high school and then going into college, I was in a relationship, and um, that relationship led me to go to school, which was great. It was great motivation for me to go get a college degree, and I was very privileged to have decent enough grades to where I was able to get some scholarships, and I attended the University of Central Florida for business school. But I really didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. I was just kind of, you know, like, oh, you know, you graduate high school, and you're like, next thing to do is go to college, right? Or you go to school to find a trade. Or if you're able to, you travel a little bit. You know, everyone's different. Everyone comes from a different background. So, but I definitely was pursuing, like, the lifestyle of I want the – Really nice home. I want to have kids before I'm 30, at least four of them, so I'm able to beat them up, and they'll never beat me in anything athletic. I'm very, very competitive when it comes you to are, being outside. You are. You're
0: competitive, and I think that's what like, what I I believe like good good people get connected to good people, and and I think that that competitive nature like it really shows in you. But I think that you're more competitive with yourself than you are with anybody else. Like, you're com you're co you push yourself to push yourself not because you beat any other people maybe that's wrong but that's just the way it seems as you man
1: no that's definitely you've hit the nail on the head on that one for sure um it's definitely something i've grown into um i used to do crossfit competitively for about gosh four to six years um i got into it and i really loved it and that's a sport where you have to be competitive every day. And even if it's your best friend, like you're wanting to beat them because <laughs> that's just the mentality. I mean, you love them you respect them, but when they say three, two, one, go, you're trying to be the quickest and most efficient and you want to make sure you're standing on that podium every yeah. single time. So I think that definitely gave me a good strong like background as far as being competitive and then having two older brothers, watching them play sports and then, you know, constantly getting beat up and things like that by them. So You just kind of want to be able to hold your own and be better than the person next to you. And I think over the last, like, four or five years, I kind of had a falling out with CrossFit with some of my friends. And uh, that's because my body gave out during a workout when uh, we were at regionals one year. And um, a lot of things happened. A lot of things were said. All in all, I mean, everyone's a good soul. Everyone's a good person. And uh, my body just gave out. And things just went a different route uh, when I was thinking about being competitive with CrossFit. So I just had to change my mindset and that's when I turned to the trail. That's when I turned to hiking. So So that's
0: really what pushed you into hiking.
1: Yeah. Um, also I work for my family and it's very difficult working with family. Um, if you've ever worked for your family before, I mean, mean, just
0: just being around my family is difficult. Love them. Yeah.
1: Family functions can definitely get feisty for sure. But um, I think that was definitely something that played a vital role into like how my relationship was with my family at the time. So it was more work-oriented than actually family. So I think there was a separation there. And uh, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know like an outlet or I didn't seek any guidance from anyone. I was just kind of just stuck in my own mind, my own thoughts. And then when I had that... uh time at regionals and uh it was something i loved i loved crossfit and uh, i still do i respect everyone that does it it's a great sport it's a very difficult sport to do because you have to do it all the time and it's high intensity and it's hard on the body and if you take a day off i mean you fall behind because the person next to you that's going into the gym the same day that you took a day off is going to gain more than you have
0: it sounds a lot like hiking you take a couple days off and you feel it
1: yeah (laughs) And then the buddy that you were hiking with, if he kept going, you're not probably going to see him again because they could be anywhere from 30 to 80 miles from you. Yeah.
0: I think we've both learned the lesson of taking one too many zeros and being too far behind people. And it's like, man, just take a day off or five and I'll yeah. catch up. Yeah. Um, Which is actually how we end up catching up with you guys. Because uh, you guys were the, rocks, the PCT through hiker rock stars of... TCT days in Cascade Locks this year. Everybody knew who you guys were. Oh, they're the guys at the beer tent. Yeah, that happened.
1: So we came into Cascade Locks and um, we went from we had a wild night. So uh, Breezy and Baby Blanket and Wink and I all got into Timberline Lodge and we're like, oh, let's let's do another big day. Let's hike hike through the night. So I think we only hiked maybe like 10 miles that day to get to the lodge. Then obviously you know it's the best breakfast on the entire trail.
0: Excellent second bat motion. Yes.
1: I mean, yeah. you can go in there and just fill your stomach until you're pleased. And then we took a long nap, and then Baby Blanket, Breezy, and I said, you know what, let's just go to Cascade Locks. And I think it was like just about 50 miles to get in. And um Wink decided against that because the last th- overnight hike that we did through the night, he was just like, nope, this is not for me. He's like, you know, I don't want the repercussions on the body the next mm. day, or actually the next few days. Yeah. And, um, so we hiked through the night. We got into Cascade Locks. Um, we went and stayed at Baby Blanket's buddy's house in Portland for the night. Took an unexpected zero. And then we came back to Cascade and Thunder Island Brewing, um, gives through hikers a beer. Well, it's kind of like a pay it forward kind of system. So people can come in and what they do, they have like these, this coaster system and people can just write a note and it's just, buy buy a hiker a beer so they'll have coasters and you can grab a coaster and get a free beer as a hiker
0: so awesome yeah thanks thunder island shout out you guys are awesome
1: yes love (laughs) you guys so much um and then the owner of thunder island dave came over to our table and we're all just sitting there and he was like hey he goes pct trail days is coming up this weekend you know and i'm kind of needing volunteers, you guys interested at all. And instantly we are just like, ah, if we don't want to take another five days off. We don't want to, you know, take time off. But also at the same time, you know, there was fires further north and the border was closed. That's right. So we sat down and made a pros and cons list pretty quick.
0: Did you really? We did. Yeah. And, um, you guys?
1: yeah, well, that was all coined by old Breezy. Breezy was kind of the mastermind behind everything. He brought us together, um, in Shasta city when we went and, did Mount Shasta as a side trip. And so we did a pros and cons list. And then like Dave was, you know, being the owner of the brewery, walking around, talking to people, making sure everything was good. And then he came back and once he saw our list, he was just like, all right, he goes, I got cards right here, $50 beer credits. You guys, you know, I'll get you sunglasses. I'll give you hats. He's like, my house is only like a half mile away. I need some yard work done because I'm getting married in two weeks. You know, I've in-laws, relatives come in, so he's like, "You can stay at my house. You can have as much beer as you want, and I'll pay you cash for the work that you actually do." And instantly, everyone's mindset changed a little bit. We still did it. A-
0: Were you guys leaning toward for or against before the off the second offer?
1: Uh, so I'm just kind of chilling and. Like, Breezy's thinking to himself, like, we got to keep moving north, you know. And then Baby Blank was all in. Wink seemed like he was all in. Yeah. And uh, Drippy was all in for sure. And so he sat down, and then once he came over and actually gave us the beer credit cards, it was just, boom, that was it. Like, we're staying. And we're going to enjoy this time, and we're going to be in the moment, because that's what this adventure is all about. Through hiking is truly about the side trips. It's about the times that you spend in town. It's about the people that you meet. I mean, everyone can go out and move every single day. No matter what your mileage is, you can move. You know, if you have the mental fortitude, you just wake up and you head north or you head south. So it's the times that you really sit there and get to know someone if someone invites you. And that's what we felt. We felt invited and we're just like, this is a good energy. This is a good vibe. Let's do this. So Dude,
0: that was so awesome.
1: Such a good time, yeah. So later that day, we went to Dave's house, set up our tents, and literally started working that afternoon just doing yard cleanup. And then he cooked us, I think, what he made us burgers that night and brought us some beer. And then the next day, we woke up and he explained what he wanted done at the house. Mm-hmm. And then um, later that evening, he like showed us how to like tap kegs and he got a kegerator going in the basement of the house and. He said, okay, the next three days when you're working in the yard, drink as much beer as you'd like while you work. Just make sure if you're actually working, log your hours, yeah. you know. And then if I need some work down at the brewery or, you know, when we're setting up four trail days, you know, yeah. I'll give you guys a text and just walk on down.
0: So awesome, man.
1: Such was, a good time.
0: That was... Would have been a highlight of my hike, for sure. That's a
1: good one. It definitely was. And it was cool because, like, a lot of us were thinking, you know, based on our hiking style before that, we were moving pretty quickly. You
0: guys were hauling, buddy. And,
1: um, yeah, we didn't do the, quote-unquote, two-week challenge in Oregon. Oregon actually kicked our butts a little bit, so... And um, that lava rock is... uh, It's real.
0: Uh, Dude, I know, (laughs) man. We did... That was when we did our 52. We went through the lava fields, and it was... That was... The first and only time that Dingo saw me pull my trekking pole out, until we after we finished, actually. Oh, yeah. I tried it for 30 seconds, and then I just started running up the mountain because I was mad. <laughs> I was rage hiking. Yeah. Um, but that's where we ended up catching up with you guys, and um, we left town. We hung out, uh, got to catch up, talk some more, got some pictures, made some memories, some good times were had. Uh, PCT days, we almost... We were almost in the same boat. We were going to just like skip it or like not hang out for it. But um, once we knew that you guys were there, that's when we we're like, all right, man, we got to start being serious about this. And then that kind of got us to stay too, man. It was, and we had a hotel room, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm sure yeah. getting the shower, getting your town
0: shirt yeah. as you had. Yeah, town. shirt. You got to look good in town. You don't yeah. want if you're trying to get a hitch in town. You want to look like a town person. <laughs> Very um, true. Yeah, but we ended up uh, catching up to you guys. We had awesome last few hundred miles that was that was good i mean it was good to catch up to you guys and
1: it was, was good. yeah
0: fun caught some fish
1: that's right we did catch some fish yeah. you taught me how to fish on the uh, tankara ride yeah buddy. i've done some fly fishing before but never on that kind of system so and me being me was just muscling the <laughs> ever-living hell out of it yeah but you know it's all about finesse and it was a good time
0: got some good pictures of it had some fun times with the, the little 10 car rod it's so simple and it was like man what a good score i'm so glad i bought that thing it's actually sitting over there right now yeah um
1: have you used it since you've been home
0: no i got my other rod out that i spent a lot more money on i was like i gotta get this other rod out that was one i didn't bring with so but the 10 car rod was perfect for what what we were doing um a lot of people were like oh did you keep your fish i'm like dude we're catching these fish are smaller than your hand they're just pretty and get so many good pictures of them um So, yeah, hooked up there, finished together, went to Seattle, and then you hung out for a couple days with your friend. Um, Next, you're going to California. There was some talk before we left the trail about the Florida Trail. Yes. What's up? So You're from Florida, right? I'm
1: from Florida. Okay. I'm a first generation, as they quote-unquote call them, crackers. So I'm a Florida <laughs> cracker, uh, born in Winter Park, and then pretty much lived in Mount Dora. So I was, one, I was one years old when my parents moved to Mount Dora, so I'm from Mount Dora. Mount Dora's home. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, yeah, so I've always wanted to do the Florida Trail. I run it a lot in just spare time that I have when I'm not working. And my original intentions were to do that in November, because you want to do the Florida Trail uh in a winter month just because of mosquitoes and just being able to be comfortable outside at night and also when the water is a little bit colder um in some of the canal areas the bigger gators tend to move out to bigger warmer bodies of water so you don't have to deal with reptiles as much
0: alligator alligator right alligator alligator uh, aversion yes you're concerned when you're hiking about alligators i i commend you for your desire to hike the florida trail
1: yes and On this trip, it's definitely going to be a thru-hike for sure, but it's 1,300 miles, and I honestly want to set the fastest known time on it. And currently, I think his name is Phil Phelan. He did it in 2017 in 26 days and like eight hours, Mm -hmm. and uh, he went northbound on it. And I'm going to go southbound because I want to start in january probably late january try to set it up to where i can finish on my 32nd birthday in oh, this February. Is still on the
0: radar
1: oh it's on That's the radar oh yeah. oh yeah so
0: i was one i was like i'm not gonna ask i'm gonna wait
1: yeah, yeah cool. so it's definitely on the radar um i was thinking about it pretty much the entire long trail and um it's i wanted to do it a little bit earlier but you know what like i just got to test my body i got to start transitioning into more of a running style of hiking so because it's going to be a lot of running because I want to do it ideally in 21 days. And in order to do it in 21 days, I think that's about a 60 to 62 mile a day average to do it in 21 days. Now,
0: 60 miles a day,
1: 60 miles a day, which is hard to do with the li- limited amount of time as far as light yeah. during the day as well. So I need to train my body over the next couple months and uh, figure out how the knees are going to handle. I got to get a new pack system. I need to get a new sleep system and uh just gonna go light and quick and just move just constantly okay. move i think i'm gonna play around with just doing power naps or napping instead of you know doing the standard just sleeping through the night
0: more like an ultra runner type thing where they're doing like 15 minute naps or one hour nap
1: right yeah. yeah just I got, i'm gonna start tinkering around with that over the next you know month and a half two months because uh, it's coming up and uh I'm excited. The body feels good. Uh, the knees are a little tender from long trail, but other than that, I mean, I'm determined and motivated right now, and I want to have, you know, the Florida Trail, the beautiful scenic trail there, on my resume as far as a through hike. But I also just, I just want to own that title. I mean, that's
0: sweet, man. That's
1: just something I, I really want.
0: <laughs> I, I, we started talking about that a long time ago, and probably Oregon. Not, it might have even been before that. And I was like, man, if somebody's gonna do it, this guy here. If he doesn't do it, he's going to die trying, which I hope doesn't happen. But you definitely have the, the, the drive, unlike anybody I've seen, man. You are a hard pusher. You push yourself harder than I ever could, um, which is awesome. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that like, I really commend in you, like how self-motivating you are. Because, I, man, I can't self-motivate that much. There's certain things that are just like I'm gung-ho, but your, your desire to push yourself in hiking is you'll do it. I'm well not, you will i'm at sweating i hope you're not you're gonna sweat <laughs> oh, i'm sweating don't, don't be sweating i'm
1: sweating right now <laughs> thinking about it. it kind of just makes me want to get out there but have,
0: have that, you done any ultras or anything like that
1: or the longest i've ever run is just 50 miles straight so i was training with a buddy and uh he was training for a hundred miler mm-hmm. and um we just went out that was on the actual pct towards uh like san diego area and that was many years ago but um I've never really done a full ultra signed up, but I've done lots of marathons, lots of half marathons, and can't tell you how many you know five ks, ten ks and stuff like that. I tend to take running kind of competitively, and uh it's great because it's individually, too. I mean, you can go out with a group of you know four thousand people running a five k, and obviously you're going to have those lightning quick guys that are going to finish in fifteen minutes, and then you know you finish wherever you finish, but I've definitely tried to push the limit as far as being on a more competitive route with that so with this trip this trail i think you know it's definitely going to spark a lot of things it's going to bring into fruition as far as maybe an ultra scene for me and that's kind of like what i want to start getting into
0: i can see it man i was like man he's gonna be a runner he's just gonna not have enough time to hike it's like we can't take off five months every year wish we could you could but that's uh a,
1: that's the ultimate goal doing you know seasonal work and then hitting longer trails or shorter trails in a quicker amount of time so which is difficult because you definitely want to go out and enjoy the trail i mean the pacific crest trail that's what it was all about was just enjoying it meeting people adventures uh we still did really well as far as timing and um i take that compliment with you saying that i'm very you know dedicated and determined and a quick hiker but i'll never forget when we had a two and a half mile climb going into old trout lake and old pickle took off and you, you went up that climb oh, yeah. fairly quickly trout lake. What were we doing? when we were going into trout lake you were we were uh, dingo you and i took a break i think we took like a little snack break or something we were at a water source
0: uh-huh.
1: and i think you were looking at gut hook and you saw like ah you know it's only like two or two and a half mile climb and then it's like four miles into town or four miles to the road to hitch into town mm, and now
0: i'm getting there there was
1: quite a few switchbacks and it was it was uh, up yeah. and <laughs> i was on old struggle bus trying to catch up to you like i was like just don't let them out of your sights and then i'm i think it was like within five or eight switchbacks you were just gone i was just like all right you know pickle can hike <laughs> yeah it was that
0: town it was getting to town like oh they got milkshakes in there let's go boys let's go uh that's funny i would i definitely would have not even thought about that um that was early whenever we were hiking together too
1: that's yeah because we met up i think that was probably the first or second day uh once we started hiking together because there was that trail magic which i don't remember you know the name of the couple that put that on but that's when we caught up to you and you were fishing that day which slowed you down a little bit to hit the trail magic and then we caught you at the trail magic because you and dingo were gonna try to push on to catch cap and then breezy and i showed up and then you gave big hugs and it was a good moment very very good very good overwhelming moment it's always good when you catch up with someone see someone even if you haven't seen them for like 24 hours or 48 hours but the last time we saw you was trail days so it'd been like I think two or three, yeah, no, two days. Yeah. So we're trying to catch up to y'all because, you know, we want to kind of grow our trail family and yeah, have a good time all the way to the border.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. You talk about, like, not seeing somebody for two days, and it's one thing that I love is how, you know, we hadn't seen each other trail days since uh, the desert, Tehachapi or whatever, wherever it was.
1: Uh, Yeah, it was Tehachapi last I time I saw
0: you. I hadn't seen you, you in... 1500 miles right and it's like you see somebody and it's like you never know who's coming into camp next or you never know who you're going to see next and there's there's so many times and just like catch up with somebody face to face like you can text each other and stuff but it's not like the same like you got to be face to face give each other a big hug yeah
1: you got to feel that connective energy i mean it's just it's such a good feeling when you see someone that just Uplifts your soul, and you just give a solid hug, and you just just that interaction. It's just it's a good warm moment.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Like that one picture that I got of you and Wink at the terminus, and it's like I've never heard more "I love yous" and seen more hugs than I have at the end of a long hike. And I come I come for a long line of huggers, dude. We're huggers, and uh, it's so cool to see that. And then you know it continues every time you see somebody. Like every time I see you or Dingo or Cap or whoever, my buddies from the AT everybody gets a big hug and it's like dude my brother's here like these 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 are my homies here it's so good
1: yeah it's family you know you create that bond
0: um do you feel like you we didn't really talk a lot about you we talked about some really good stories on your on your sobo at hike do you have like anybody that was like that same type of you know bond or going southbound is so foreign to me and i'm just curious if there's like the same or similar bonds that you meet or they're just there's not that many people or how, like, how was the AT compared to the PCT that, in that way?
1: And in that way, I mean, the AT, I wanted a solitude hike and it, I was working at a summer camp up there in Maine and I just ended up that I left a little bit later than the majority of southbounders. But I had a trail, I had two different trail families out there and the connection was just different. Um, I didn't have that, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling like I did have good connections with friends for sure. Uh, don't get me wrong, but everyone was just kind of on that, we got to get south because weather's going to start getting cold and it's going to be harder and harder to hike each day and we're going to lose time because of daylight savings time. So, I mean, less time in the day means, you know, you got can't take as long of breaks. Yeah. But I didn't really have any, like, warm, fuzzy feelings or those moments where, like, you would run into someone that you hadn't seen in a while because there was just very few southbounders. Yeah. I think total that year... Um for Southbounders on the A T was only like two hundred and seventy two that finished and I think there was just roughly over three hundred
0: that wow. attempted. Wow. So That's it was very sparse.
1: Very sparse and but it was a good turnover too as far as turnout rate and finishing rate because I mean northbound I don't know, was it like one in four is the statistic or I don't uh, I think that might have changed by now.
0: It's somewhere like Twenty. It's somewhere like twenty percent, twenty-five percent actually finished with the attention. And I probably met, I probably met two hundred people, or three. How many people are southbound? Three hundred. Three hundred. Yep. I probably met three hundred people in the first three weeks. There was that many people the, going, going
1: northbound. northbound. Yeah. That
0: many people. That's such a different, such a different hike.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of like translating into like Pacific Crest Trail. I mean, I think they issued six thousand long distance permits this year. So I mean, it was a big year to hike the trail. Okay and um so anytime you went to a town you were either like catching another bubble or like passing a bubble or part of a bubble so there was always a lot of people so there was a lot more connectivity there was a lot more socializing so i think there was more time to actually build the bond to have like good friendships with people out on the pacific crest versus on the at but granted i went southbound like you said you went north and you met 300 people fairly quickly so yeah I'm sure towns were pretty hectic then.
0: Towns were busy in the in the very beginning. It was it was busy, but really once you get past Damascus, Virginia, the town the people really thin out, and the partiers are gone, and the people who are hurt are gone. Um, it slows down, but not nearly you know what what you experience at all. Um, there were still you know a lot more people than you would have seen, but it's just a different hike. Um, you you hooked up with uh, Breezy first, right? How did you guys like? Organically come together. So
1: breezy, baby blanket, and wink and I, when we met, it was in. We all came into fruition in Shasta City. Uh, I met breezy for the first time, like abruptly, when we were out front of Jensen's grocery store in uh, Wrightwood. So down in the desert. So, yeah, that's early. That was the first time I met Blue as well, and um we took a day off there because my hiking partner Solo uh, was having some issues with his Achilles and remember seeing Breezy just walking across the street and he had a book in his hand and he had his um camera on his hip and I was just like what's up with this guy you know like you know philosopher over here you know so, so I didn't know much about him um then so we just kind of was just like hi hey how's it going and then uh we really didn't meet again until um Casa de Luna was just kind of b- like brief as well like everyone was just doing their own thing and just it's a great place, great stop. Everyone should definitely stop at Casa de Luna. Second that so.
0: one, Casa de Luna. Get your uh,
1: your taco salad. Your taco salad. And Make sure pot- you wash your hands.
0: And don't put your plate over the foodie. No. Hand. Cracked on the beehive. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: She'll crack that whip on you.
0: Did you? Time out? Did you dance and get a bandana?
1: I did not dance. I went to bed early, so I was pretty tired because Same. we yeah <laughs> we came from. Um, hiker heaven that day and that was actually a quick day you know it was a what just over 24 mile day and mm-hmm. the terrain was beautiful and i think that was uh, memorial day weekend so we had some trail magic too uh leading up into did casa Del did
0: you get the uh the swedish pancake oh yes man, Dude,
1: those were incredible that
0: lady shout out to her bless your heart delicious yeah. the other guy good trail magic also but man nutella bananas whipped cream crepes crepes yeah Dump. his burger
1: was good his Fanta was really good I love Fanta Krapes, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know <laughs> you develop a sweet tooth out there even if you've never had a sweet tooth it's kind of funny how you can
0: it's hard crave to crave
1: that junk it's hard to turn down an ice cold soda
0: <laughs> it's really hard um so you met so I met Breezy Br- Br- was there then right
1: Breezy was there I remember when I showed up I think he was painting his toenails which that toenail paint lasted yes. I think like he still had flakes of it he did when we were in Seattle, post trail. Yeah, so I think on um, both of his big toes. So, that's some good nail polish there. The
0: question would be if is it still there?
1: Uh, it's a possibility.
0: You never know.
1: You never know. We which never...
0: means he didn't lose any toenails, which is good for him. Yeah,
1: he had great feet. He took care of himself really well. Breezy also had probably the best teeth on trail.
0: I would arguably Blue also has excellent teeth. Really? yeah
1: was she a flosser
0: she was a very bright white smile it's <laughs> <laughs> just how hey i don't know but she did not carry what breezy did
1: yeah breezy i think once we hit uh Bend, oregon that's when he got his bump box and he was just like you know what this is it guys i'm taking my electric toothbrush so more power to him i mean i love it i mean he did have the brightest smile out of the shady shasta boys for sure so but um i met Baby Blanket coming out of Scissors Crossing. He actually gave me my name, uh, Johnny Stash, because I had a buff on. Because when you're in the south and you're in the desert, it's hot. And I had big sunglasses on like I was working for a landscaping company. My buff on, and all you could really see was my mustache. And... Uh, <laughs> We had a hitch out together, and he looks at me, and he's like, what's your name, man? And I was like, my name's Johnny, and he was just like, Johnny Stash. I'll see you later, and he's like, that's not like a singer. He's like, it's an action figure.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know that that, uh, that Baby gave you that one. Yeah. That's cool. Dude, giving people trail names is fun.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great time, but yeah, and then we all came together. Uh, I saw, met Wink for the very first time at Sonora Pass when he came out from... Kenny Meadows North with Breezy, and they both were doing the Joe Dirt Challenge, which Breezy and Wink came together. I've
0: never even heard of this thing. What? Where did this come from?
1: So, I guess Breezy Breezy's a mastermind, and when they he was thinking about it for a few days leading into uh, Kenny Meadows North, like there's got to be some kind of like fun challenge. Like there's the 24, 24, 24 Challenge where you do 24 beers, 24 miles within 24 hours. And he was just like, you know, that's kind of absurd. You know, that's a lot of weight, you know. And then that's also, you know, you're not enjoying the trail. You're going to be intoxicated the whole time, if not dehydrated. So you've got to pick your section. You
0: might <laughs> perish.
1: Yeah, you might perish. So he came up with a Joe Dirt challenge, which was you had to buy a 12-pack of beer for $12 or less. Initially, it was 10 bucks, but it was kind of hard to do that. So 12-pack, mm-hmm. so dollar a beer or less. And then you had to have at least 75% of your box of your, your beer exposed on your pack. So anyone that was playing the Joe Challenge or in the Joe Dirt Challenge, uh, anything's fair game. So the objective is to have the most pristine box, the cleanest cans, like no blemishes. And you normally would pick like, you know, a resupply to where it'd be like two days, ideally, three days pushing it, you know, as far as carrying, you know, your beer that far. but. You'd have to definitely ask Breezy for, like, the detailed notes, but I know that you had to gift one of your beers away, mm. uh, but you have to get your can back, and you carry your cans, obviously, the entire oh, time. Oh, I thought it was, like,
0: a give-it-out thing. No. Nope. Oh, uh, you gotta, like, you okay, have man, to, to carry your... Beer, finish it. Right,
1: yeah, so yeah. you gift the beer away so, like, I could gift you a beer, you drink the beer, and then you give me the can back, mm. you know? And then you just hope that you're going to be kind enough that you just got gifted a beer that you're not going to put a blemish on I the can. I was thinking
0: that immediately went there. Yeah. I was like, I would just smash it. Yeah, anyone <laughs> could.
1: And um, so I met them coming out of Snore Pass doing that, and it was just him and Wink that did it. So, and like, you could, you know, rip people's boxes, do whatever you wanted with others' boxes, and then you could also repair your box. You could use glue, you could use tape, you know, you could be creative, you know, anything's fair game. So... They were the first that did it coming out of Sonora Pass. That was the first time I met Wink. And uh, it's kind of crazy because Wink started the same day as me, April 23rd, Earth Day. And he started two hours after me. And we didn't meet until Sonora Pass, which was just over a month, month and a half in on the trail. Really? Yeah. Same
0: day? Same day. Dude, you guys started the same day, finished the same day? Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. Man, I didn't didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't realize that you guys started the same day. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, started the same day, finished the same day. And then um, I'll never forget, like, after we got together in Shasta and we became the Shady Shasta Boys, because Breezy texted Wink, which him and Wink have been hiking together for quite a while. And then Baby Blanket and I have been hiking together off and on. And uh, Baby Blanket did a lot of other side trails. He did the Tahoe Rim Trail uh, while out there. And then he also, you know, went and saw a lot of friends. So, like, he would hike super fast to go see friends, in different areas of California, um, and then get back on trail. And um, Breezy texted us and was like, hey, guys, I want to do Mount Shasta. What do you think? And everyone was all in. And we got into Shasta City, and it took us about a day, which Breezy, again, was the mastermind behind it, and he led the whole thing. And the biggest thing was just getting the hitch out there, like trying to find someone that would drive us out there. I think it was like a 45-minute drive one way.
0: Oh, it's that far? Yeah. I mean, because you can see the top. of. I mean, Shasta City is in the shadow of Mount Shasta. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, we were looking at Mount Shasta for a good probably 200 miles yeah. before we even and got you can't to can't miss there. it. Yeah. So it's a majestic mountain. It was a beautiful summit that we did. And uh, we finally got to the point where Breezy went into one of the outfitters there and just kind of raised his voice really loud and was like, hey, who would like to make a quick $100? We're well, trying to... Get to the base of Mount Shasta, Mm -hmm. and we just need a drop-off and a pickup. And uh, one of the workers there um, in the back uh, that was working on bikes and skis came out. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Yep, $100. bucks. let us (laughs) go. Yeah,
0: I'm fixing bikes for a living. Yep,
1: he's like, like, I get off at 6 p.m., I'll drop you guys off tonight, and then um, you just tell me what time to pick you up the next day. So it was a beautiful moment. Uh, Breezy texted us, and we all came together, hanging out at the Outfitter, Went out at 6 p.m. that night, got to the trailhead about 7.15, and hiked up, I think it was like two miles or so, up to the water source. And then we made base camp there.
0: Oh, you did? Nice.
1: Yep. So we got to the first water source, the only water source, going up um, Shasta from that route. And um, we got up at, I believe it was like 2.30 that morning, and then departed at 3 a.m. and reached the summit by 7.20 uh, enjoyed a few moments up there. Also, uh, I went a different route. Once we got to the kind of like rock scramble scree area, um, I went a more safer route, which I thought was safe. I mean, anytime you took a step, you pretty much went to your calf into the mountain. So oh, really? yeah, it was very, very soft. The scree was soft and it was just, I've never done anything like that. So everyone was kind of in the same boat. We've never summited a mountain of this nature in this style of hiking. And um, so I went a different route and I got up to um, the first little snow patch there and found a ukulele up there. What? Yeah, there was a ukulele up there in the snow and I was just like, okay, so I went over to it and it was frosted over so it's been there for, you know, at least a day or two or who knows how long. (laughs) And I was just like, gosh, like this is kind of crazy. And Wink, being the musical genius that he is, I was like, Wink, we're gonna have to play. You're gonna have to play a tune once we you hit hit the summit. So he tuned it up, and then we got up to the summit. He played a little tune, and we were trying to release the spirit of the Lemarians that we heard about on the mountain. Uh, Apparently, there's Lemarians that live up there that live within the mountain, and there's apparently a portal somewhere there's a door or a portal on the, some part of the mountain that you can enter mm. and go into a third world but we
0: Didn't weren't you able to try that
1: we were trying we were hoping the ukulele was going to you know release the like, spirits a little bit more give us a little bit more connectivity to the mountain but nothing uh, nothing came about of it
0: nice people in shasta <laughs> in Shasta city. nice people a little bit weird yeah
1: <laughs> beautiful place and then descended the mountain, got back off the mountain by I think it was like 11:40. So I mean, execution was perfect. It was a flawless summit, and uh, it was a beautiful moment. And that's when we all started hiking together. And that was Baby Blanket, Breezy, Wink, and I. And then we coined ourselves the Shady Shasta Boys because at that point Northern California was hot. I mean, there was times where I thought it was worse than the desert in Southern California because it was just it was so bad. warm and a lot of people like would see our names in the trail industry like Shady Shasta Boys. Like, why? Why are they calling themselves Shady? It's because we were hiking for shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. But, yeah, I
0: was like, I wonder why they call themselves Shady Shasta Boys. Yeah, dude, we were definitely hiking for the shade. It was so, oh man, NorCal was brutal. It
1: was, it was brutal. A, it was beautiful the as well. Was
0: probably the worst part.
1: Yeah, the smoke started hitting. Um, gosh, like in Lassen, you smelled it a little bit. Lassen's like definitely when it was really really hot um what is that hat creek rim that day was rim. that was a brutal day i think it was like 104 that day did you
0: get trail magic there
1: three times so like at there, Hat creek rim yeah did you get copper tone copper the
0: milkshake or the root beer float guy
1: no did not get the root beer float guy
0: copper tone hanging out at like at the end like there was that trail magic in the middle yep. The coolers well the coolers the yep past there there was the water on the left that you got out of that black like container
1: yes yeah it was a dirt
0: road right there he was chilling there with root beer floats
1: nice not
0: bragging but kind of bragging yeah so good i'm Cobot glad Tons that, a good dude man nice i'm glad um, you had that moment <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't show it or summit shasta that was pretty cool and i remember because um, you guys were obviously ahead at that point but i remembered seeing uh breezy post the picture and i think it's you and wink isn't it it's like a sunrise the sunrise thing. photo yes dude hat tip to breezy man yeah. what a great photo like it's nice whenever you hike with somebody who's such a good photographer because you get so many good pictures of yourself like all my pictures and it's i'm so happy i have pictures of my friends but it's like most of my pictures aren't of me like they're all my friends i got a, i got a pretty good one of you that will post for this one <laughs> i think you know which one it is i know i think i have a, <laughs> That's a great I hunch know. i have yeah. some really good ones of you guys and uh it's it was cool to see that like oh man because i knew i'd already met you i met breezy uh on oh man i met him at big bear lake and oh yeah okay i found out that his name also was dylan spelled the same way as mine so we had that little hat tip to each other like <laughs> you're cool <laughs> um and then i don't even know when the next time i had seen him was i, I saw him there casa de luna you must have saw him there it must have been casa de luna yeah, it was because you know, actually the only people that's, I knew there was him and Blue. Him and Blue, yeah. yeah. That was the
1: first time like I met like well I met Blue and Breezy at uh, Wrightwood, but that was the first time like I talked to them yeah. like actually sat down and hung out with them. And then uh, met you going hiking out of Luna the yeah. next day.
0: I was like, I can't keep up with that guy. So I was I don't know if I was on the bus or what my deal was, but it was like man that guy's scooting and I can't I'm, I suck. I was just like, there he goes. And You were just bebopping along. You were crushing that. That was that was because it was like super foggy, and I was like,
1: yeah, it was a don't mis- let
0: him don't let him outpace you. keep him in sight. Uh, Did not keep you in sight. <laughs> yeah, that was that was whenever I met um, Peanut and Cricket, and they were also AT hikers. Okay, um, it was interesting. There were so many AT hikers out there.
1: There was. Well, there was a, a lot. lot of other trail hikers, but mo- mainly AT. Then going to PCT. Yeah. So. Which speaking of feel <laughs> A T P C T let's talk Triple Crown. How
0: about that?
1: Continental <laughs> divide. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh it's definitely on the radar. I don't know uh, if I'm in a twenty twenty or not. I'm up in the air. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get out, do five months away. Uh I don't know if I don't know if it's like in my
1: But also you're getting married
0: I'm in the getting future. Married. Which is definitely that's my 2019 greatest <laughs> already greatest hit uh, biggest goal, which I'm super pumped about, and it's going to be a great wedding too. And I'm I'm marrying a winner, dude. Uh, but it's not about me. I know you're doing P- CDT 2020, aren't you?
1: Yes, CDT 2020, and um, it's it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. So definitely, I I want to do the FKT on the Florida Trail. So fingers crossed, my body's able to hold out for that. And then then it's just seasonal work, just you know. Get on the grind and make enough money to be able to go CDT. But I also have my eye on Arizona Trail for 2019. CDT
0: hey, so. looks pretty, man.
1: Dude, I've heard a lot of things and I met a lot of people on PCT that want to do it. And mm-hmm. that's a trail that you could definitely do fairly quick. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that uh I'm more likely to do a shorter trail next. Next. Long, tra- possibly long trail, but something like the Colorado Trail. Oh, the. Um, the arizona trail another one that uh whitney Allgood, who's with six moon designs he just finished the oregon desert trail that is kind of getting higher on my radar that's a good one to check out they just did that one in a couple weeks is that west to east or it's yeah i feel like there was part it was like kind of a like a hook or like a loop or something like that um but that's definitely one to also check out. The Oregon does; they had some really good pictures, and it's it seems like a lot of you can cruise, like you can crush miles, and that's, no. that's one thing I think I would struggle with on the long trails, not being able to crush miles. Like I get, I I would rage hike the whole thing. Yeah, you could. I mean, I don't want to though. I want to enjoy it. I got to get older and slow down. Stop <laughs> yeah. being a jerk.
1: I definitely think for long trail, like if you want to enjoy it, I would go. Uh, I went a little too soon. I would think I, I just missed peak foliage as far as coming southbound if i would have went northbound i would have saw a little bit more foliage yeah. um but my car was already up in maine so i was just like you know it's quick shot i want to go south um to be honest with you uh the pacific crest trail is the only trail i've ever gone northbound on so it's the first time i've gone north which i was a little hesitant about i don't how know how do
0: you feel about it, though man
1: oh uh, it was beautiful i mean i'm sitting here with you right now and if i didn't go north i wouldn't be here in this moment and there's no place i'd rather be
0: yeah it's and it's like that that connection those friendships and that family thing that's my favorite part by far i mean we were talking about my wedding the guy who was going to officiate my wedding i met on the at and hiked a thousand miles with him like how cool is that that's it's, incredible how cool is it that actually Elise agreed to it <laughs> that's even cooler That's even cooler <laughs> yeah i mean she's the right one yeah definitely um yeah the it's definitely a different a different scene are you doing sobo or nobo cdt
1: so I want to go southbound, but there's a group of people that I've met on Pacific Crest Trail that like I think it's going to be a big year for CDT in 2020. I think there's going to be a good group, and it's all going to come down to just weather conditions. Mm-hmm. So that, literally, it's going to be a flip of the coin on what weather patterns are going to look like. And um I would love to go southbound j- just because I want to finish at the Mexican border, and then I kind of want to just try to talk some people into going to Baja to celebrate and just
0: <laughs> have a good
1: time in Baja just – go catch lobster and fresh fish for a few days to just kind of relax but i don't know i'm just i'm all about going southbound i don't know what it is i don't think it's necessarily against the grain Mm -hmm. or anything i just think it's just you know it's something that i enjoy
0: which which terminus of the cdt has the like more scenic finish which one's more scenic there's one that's like they say it's like significantly more scenic I honestly, I don't I, know.
1: I don't know that answer. But I know um, there is an
0: answer. I don't, but most of the people that I talk to that have done CDT, it seems like as triple crowners, they seem to be going southbound, except for Anish, because she was doing her counter year triple, and she has already done New Mexico. So I don't, I don't know. But interesting. And I'm sure that you know, it seems like in six, like 16 was my 80 year. Yep. 18 was our PCT year. Two years, 2020. It's going to be packed with people get in their crown their triple yeah. crown.
1: There's gonna be a lot of triple crowners. I don't know what the statistic is right now. i if I wanna throw a number out there, close to like five hundred that have I think done it's
0: less. I think it's closer to four.
1: Four hundred that have triple crown. And then out of those four hundred, like what, fifteen have done it in a calendar year? Which is even more mind boggling. Yeah. So um but I think yeah, I think you're right. I think twenty twenty is gonna be a big triple crown year. I think there's gonna be a lot of people out there and um Will be a good thing. I think uh, it's going to be a good year. I think also trying to coordinate with maybe gut hooks to maybe better map it out as well, because I know there's a lot of navigation once you're out there. So it's the least traveled of the big three. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the fact of seeing potentiality of seeing
0: big bear further north if that is not potential that's gonna <laughs> happen <laughs> you're definitely gonna see some big uh some big bear um did you see many bear on the pct i saw two bear just on the pct wow yep. I, I saw like eight or nine which i thought was a lot um, yeah
1: i would say that's a significant it, amount it
0: seemed like most people were not seeing bear and i don't know if that's because i look for more like you know being in the woods doing the things that i'm doing more frequently than they are get more tuned into it any close encounters
1: no close encounters
0: at all i had the one program. little one it's uh, i like bears i respect their distance yeah, yeah. um so cdt next year or two twenty twenty 2020
1: next year next year is florida, florida trail, trail fkt and then if i'm able to hustle and grind enough arizona so maybe i, I might reach out to ladybug to do that with him because he's definitely said that he wants to do that trail ladybug ladybug i met coming into what is that town is it uh well we met kind of like just outside the Ch- um the sierras and then we really hung out in chester
0: did he hike a lot with Goatman?
1: um i don't believe was so he,
0: or was there he, he hiked with
1: sisyphus a okay. lot
0: so ladybug i, I met think they him. started the same day i met ladybug
1: the tall day. slender good-looking yeah. dude yeah
0: yeah because he sisyphus same thing yeah uh, from Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> look how handsome <laughs> i am he's damn pretty and he's a great guy super smart yeah um but whenever I went to, I took Kearsarge to Independence and my buddy Wheels got off trail there to go back home from, uh, he was out for a hundred miles, went back up and I was by myself and I was like concerned about doing the passes alone because it was, you know, I was still pretty new and I caught up to Happy and I met Ladybug, Sisyphus, and Goatman and I, I hiked for the next two days with them. So I met Ladybug. I know exactly who he is. Cool, man. That's awesome. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's There's so many good people out there. It's like. Very rare, and there are occasions, very rare, where you're like, man, that person sucks. The trail gets rid of them.
1: It does. It weeds them out very quickly. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it is nice.
0: Um, I think that you pretty much got everything laid out there. You got the next couple of years for sure. Um, how, uh, how do you think that you're going to change your hiking style, or more really your gear? Because you carry some stuff. I, I started getting a heavier pack towards the end. But you you were not ultralight, in my opinion. No, I mean, you by any temper. means. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think when I started PCT, my base weight was, gosh, probably 12, 14 pounds, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, but I'm a very frugal person. So, I mean, I've had my Big Agnes SL Rabbit 1. I bought that four years ago. And it's kind of funny how I purchased that. My brother texted me, and I got it from backcountry.com. And my brother sent me a text with a screenshot, and he goes, dude, is this a good price for this tent? I think it was like 120 bucks, and it normally runs for like 350 mm-hmm. uh, I bought it. And then I texted him the next morning, and I was like, yeah, great. And he goes, cool, I'm going to try to buy it. And he goes, they're sold out. And I was like, well, I bought it last night.
0: Oh, <laughs> man, so that's was, good.
1: Yeah, he was pretty upset with me. But I've had that tent for, gosh, I did um, the Colorado Trail with it. I did the Tahoe Rim Trail with it. I've done the Art Lobe Trail with it twice. Um, and then PCT. So
0: you got your dollars worth like yeah. 20 bucks, dude,
1: 120 bucks. And I still have it. I carried it on the long trail, which I shouldn't have carried it, but you definitely want security. Uh, you never know when bad weather can happen. So, I mean, on the long trail, you can hike shelter to shelter, but which I did and uh, which is a blessing because anytime it's wet, which I had six days of rain, uh, out of 13, uh, <laughs> it was nice to be able to get into, you know, at least a three wall structure. A lot of times a four wall structure. And be able to dry off and be nice and cozy and warm
0: the the huts are different on the long trail
1: than the at um so the at obviously you know uh the last 104 miles if you're going south or north uh they coincide so they're very similar but there's a lot of four-walled um huts up there and That's then pretty sweet yep uh i think there's a total of like 10 or 12 maintained by the green mountain uh, club so and they have caretakers so it's like a five dollar fee to stay there and uh because they're maintaining the privy, they're maintaining the actual hut, they're maintaining trails around there. And uh, there was a lot of trail maintenance up there this year up on uh, Mount Mansfield. Lots of great trail maintenance and um, everyone doing a great job out there. So thank you, Green Mountain Trail Club. So it's a really good organization. So if you ever find yourself in a pickle with uh, wanting to do something different, definitely go branch out and go out for a season and see if you like it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool like to see. And, and every time I would go past somebody maintaining trails, like, Thank you. Thank them a hundred times and um, giving guys, like, I would, like, pull snacks out of my my backpack and, like, give them to them and just, you know, there's a lot of those people are volunteers. Like, we had some people who were paid on the PCT, but, man, just un, undying gratitude for everything they do. I, I commend them and I, I, everybody appreciates it, man.
1: Yeah, I second it. I mean, it, we wouldn't be able to do the trail if it wasn't for them. No.
0: So, uh, the two longest trails you've done, the AT and the PCT, if you were to pick uh one week on each trail what section would you do
1: um one week i would love to go back to washington and go into goat goat rock wilderness because i would love like i know we walked through there together (laughs) and yeah a little socked in weather and we also had some fire closures that brought upon us some alternates that were a little on the hard side um That was
0: a a very difficult day for (laughs) people. That was – I did not have – I was very close to a trail NBD, nervous breakdown. Uh, I was very close. Uh, I had to get back in my own head. Uh, But that – the pictures I've seen, I probably would suck at that with Goat Rocks. Just because we didn't get a good – you know, the good views. Yeah,
1: and then as far as the section on the AT, I would go to the Whites because when I went through the Whites, I had – Like, the first day into the white, or second day into the whites, going up to Mount Madison, was a beautiful, clear day. And uh, I was just beat up from, uh, what's that, the wildcat section. um, Tough mountain. Tough mountain. Tough, tough mountain. Either way you go. Coming
0: down, even coming down into Pinkham Notch. uh, Tough. Yeah. Vertical. Yeah.
1: Straight down. If there's any moisture whatsoever, I mean, you're not even going to move, like, maybe half a mile an hour. So, because you're just going to be real cautious that you're not falling um and when i went over mount washington it was just like i think 75 mile an hour winds and just socked in and then franconia ridge which is one of the most beautiful areas um in the whites i was also i had rain and sleet so i definitely think that i would go back and do the whites for like a one week
0: or that's so cool that's uh, the exact same thing i had people ask me last night what was the best part of the at i'm like hands down no questions asked White Mountains, any stretch in there. Just beautiful. And, and we had great weather coming through the whites, and it was just the most beautiful section. It was awesome. And I, I, that's why I made myself go back in 2017, because it's so good. And I would definitely do it again. Next time, I'm going to stay in the huts.
1: Yeah. I'm totally. I'm
0: <laughs> spending that coin, man.
1: Yeah. That's, a, that's a pricey night. Uh, pricey night. We'll so like 120 bucks, but it's beautiful. The hut system up there maintained by the AMC is just great. So great organization, and it's, those huts are done well. They are choice, man.
0: That's some luxury accommodations. Did you get any food in the the huts?
1: I did. I did some work for food, and then um, I had two work for stays when I went Mm -hmm. through. So when I went into the White Mountains, I only carried one day of food because I knew that I was going to be able to either... Because they have soup that you buy. So I think soup, like the first bowl is like two or three bucks, and then each additional bowl is a dollar. So on a wet money wet day i mean soup is a great thing so dry and warm just bring a few packs of tuna you know and then you'll that's be okay
0: good, uh, see we didn't do that we carried a ton of food which was foolish on our behalf i mean we ate everything and we still ate at the hut so. oh yeah um no that's that was a good planning i think that uh some people did a better job of minimizing the amount of food they were carrying than i always did it was like oh you planned ahead for that that
1: was smart. Yeah, but when I did the AT, I mean, that was my first time ever hiking a long-distance trail. Other than that, my oldest brother Josh took me out, and I've done pretty much most of Georgia with him. We'd go do sections on the AT. That's kind of like my spur into getting out and hiking, so I thank him a lot for that. And um, But on the AT, when I started, I think my pack, I had a an like, uh, Osprey Aether 70 a liter pack, and I was about, I want to say, like 60 pounds
0: when, I, when I started pack,
1: i was but i was a bigger boy i mean i was doing crossfit for about mm-hmm. six years so i thought to myself you know like i'm gonna make this a workout so <laughs> and it was also helped me too because i planned that trip out to a tea with my mail drops so i was carrying seven days of food at a time which is outrageous That's
0: a heavy pack. yeah
1: so i think just my food weight alone was close to man probably 14 pounds yeah
0: but how did you like doing resupply because you did resupply uh in town resupply on the pct how did
1: you like that versus the mail drops? I would 100% recommend just doing in-town resupplies. On
0: on any trail? On
1: I think on any trail just because I was – unless, I mean, if you're, like, on a real tight budget and you want to just have, you know, your boxes shipped to you. Diet. Strict diet. Or a strict diet. Yeah, there's a lot of things that could come into play. But um, I really enjoyed the fact that I was able to go into a town and be like, you know what, I want to eat this this time because – I'm sick of peanut butter. I'm sick of oatmeal, you know, so I'm going to switch to Pop-Tarts or I'm going to do this if you're going to go that route or, you know, if you have enough money, you're carrying out avocados, you're carrying out fresh vegetables, you know, so. Uh, for the AT, I think I spent a close, like, approximation of eight months planning that trip. For the PCT, I bought gut hooks two days before I flew out to San Diego. And You bought
0: your plane ticket and then bought gut hooks? Yeah,
1: pretty much. Off. And then I jumped on and I knew that, like, I was like, you know what? I could probably make it to Julian in three days. I'll just carry three days of food out out of the go. And um, gosh, it was just the best thing because I didn't have to really worry about my boxes getting to town before the post office closed Saturday at noon or some of the smaller towns out there. Post office hours were weird. You know? They were terrible. They're post
0: offices were terrible. Yeah. I'll I do another. There's another podcast where I talk because I own the PCT. I did resupplies. I did the opposite of what you did. AT, I bought in town. PCT, I did resupply boxes, and I talk about uh, how hard it is, and the one thing that I would change the most, to uh, – spoiler alert – the one thing I would change the most is I would use less mail bo- uh post offices to pick up my packages and more hostels.
1: More hostels, yeah, because yeah, they're, they're open constantly. <laughs> that yeah. are terrible. Right. But the postal system is great, too, because if you're behind – I mean, if you're ahead of your package, you can just bump it if you're doing priority. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pluses, but – I think it just outweighs, and then with the smaller towns out in California, I had a couple friends send boxes, and I didn't receive them because they went lost in transit, or I don't know, so hopefully someone somewhere has some good eats. Some
0: good eats. I only had one package not make it at all, and it was an envelope to, uh, where did we sleep in the, the magic carpet? Uh, Snoqualmie. Snoqualmie. Oh, yeah. It was the gas station there. There was a small envelope of some dry flies that my brother had tied that's right. for fishing. That was the only box that did not make it, that was unaccounted for. That was the only, which was, and I probably had 25 boxes.
1: Wow, that's not bad. Yeah, that's
0: a pretty good, and it was an envelope. Em- I was like, dude, why'd you put it in an envelope, man? Yeah. Good. Free, free flies. He was upset. I was upset. We're both over it. So, um, that's interesting that you, you're on the resupply in town. And I think that... Uh, your determination and your self-control in a grocery store is greater than mine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the biggest thing I would say, like when you're when you're doing resupply in town, is to eat first before you go resupply. Never go into the grocery store on an empty stomach because you're gonna impulse buy everything. You're gonna
0: end up like what pickle did and eat honey buns and ramen noodles for. 2,189 miles <laughs> that was eighty. that was 18 it was terrible but uh i learned my lesson and now I'm, I'm getting it i'm getting it down pat so uh is there anything else you want to talk about man we talked about a lot we did i, I we, think I, we talked about even more before we sat down <laughs> and recorded it was so good this is awesome man
1: yeah it was a great moment i appreciate you having me on and I look forward to talking to you again once I have that FKT down.
0: I'm looking forward to watching. So the best and only place to catch up with you online is Instagram, right?
1: Instagram. What's
0: your Instagram handle?
1: Uh, I believe it's Turbo underscore Stash.
0: That's what mine is right now. So we are committed to Turbo Stash. If you change it, nobody's ever going to be able to find you again.
1: Yeah, uh, (laughs) we'll we'll look it out. It used to just be my name, uh, Brennan underscore John underscore P., Brennan, John Patrick, Brennan. Uh, but I turned, I changed it at Snoqualmie when we were in the Magic Tunnel. Oh, after, really? Yeah. So, I not know that. So uh, may have had one too many beverages at the Drew Brew Brewery. So if you go through, great brewery, a little pricey. Rec- highly recommended. Highly recommended. Just don't stay there all day because... You'll change your name in the middle of the night. If you
0: do stay there all day, only drink three beers like me. <laughs> yes. yes. You, made, uh, you awesome. made
1: a lot of smart choices I there. got
0: some good pictures from there, too, that yeah. I have yet to edit. Uh, I have some really good ones of you and Dingo, and I got some really good ones of Wig too. Um, and I got one of a dog that was less than excited to have a chin scratch from Breezy. It was like – Oh, that
1: was that big dog?
0: It was the black one that was under the table that the brewer's wife had. Oh, yeah. And he was just like, dude, don't touch me. And Breezy's like, I'm drunk. I'm going to pet the dog. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, all right, well, we got a um, uh, FKT coming up. We got 2020. We're going to see you on the CDT and possibly on the Arizona Trail. You've got uh, close to 4,500 miles plus or minus in the next two years coming up.
1: In the next two years, yeah. That's Dope. that's about right. Yep. So
0: good, man. And that'll that'll put you up in the
1: ten thousand. That'll range. put you in the
0: five figures, buddy. Yeah. That's that's awesome, man. It was it was cool to to meet you, hike with you, and finally sit down again. This will not be the last time that we sit down together. Yeah. Hopefully next time I see you in the fall of next year, we'll be able to get a quick little F K T recap. Oh yes, for sure. For sure, man. I, I look forward, forward to, to it. This was good, man. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, we'll get you out of here and get you back down to Florida to your family. So, thanks,
2: man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. This episode was so good for me. Stash and I were kind of talking back and forth during the, you know, during Oregon and Washington when we were hiking together, and he was telling me about his plans to do the Long Trail and then set the FKT on the Florida Trail. And I just said, man, you got to stop and see me. And, you know, Stash and I had hiked, you know, a couple hundred miles together, basically all Washington except for uh, whenever our whole group got split up. But um, it was really good for me to see somebody. He was the first person I had seen post-PCT since I had gotten home. And I I really was struggling. It was really hard for me to to transition back from trail life to – normal life and it was like just i can't even describe it any other way but it was so good to see him and he got to got to meet elise and now he's out in california uh working on a farm so it was it was really good i hope you enjoyed the episode i know beyond anything this was such a good episode for me so the next episode is so randomly unique um i had a guy i found on instagram and his name is Craig Fowler. And Craig does this project called the One in Seven Project. Craig's the only person in the known universe taking credit for through hiking the Triple Crown and also bikepacking, the bikepacking Triple Crown, which I didn't even know there was such a thing. And we kind of connected on Instagram, and I saw through his story or his feed that he was coming through the Baltimore area, and I reached out to him within 24 hours he was sitting in the den here hanging out with me and walked in the door said hello sat down started recording and uh pretty much two hours later said goodbye to him such an awesome awesome person really cool project um i had a lot of fun sitting down with him so uh that's the next episode but if you want to catch up with with uh turbo stash find him on instagram it's at TurboStash with an underscore in between. Unless he changed it, I keep telling him, dude, you got to just stick with it. Uh, you can find TurboStash on Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram at Tonkin. Thanks for listening. I really hope that these uh, episodes are continuing to either motivate or inspire you or at least plant the seed to get you out hiking, biking, fishing, hunting, whatever it is. Um, I've still got more content that I'm trying to play catch up on. But thanks for listening. I appreciate it, guys. Take care.